Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant. We are 20 players through the 50 already. Time for our final player in the 30s. It's number 30, Elliot Yo. Joining me on this podcast for his first time in the 2023 preseason. He could have left it much later in January to finally turn up. The regular member of the coaches panel. You also hear him on the pod pod. It's Louis. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, just rocking up to preseason, the right side of Christmas, mate. So yeah. uh, now it's. You saved the best for 30th, which is great. So I'm keen to talk about some uh, Elliot Yo, and he was bound to make an appearance in this top 50, wasn't he? Yeah, he certainly was. The moment two things happened. One, his price was revealed, which we'll talk about in a sec, and the fact that he was awarded defensive status. Whew, the fantasy community, as much as he might have burnt us over the past few years, we still love a good bit of value. 29 years of age, he is defender eligible. And despite only playing a handful of games last year, he still showed us moments of fantasy potential. And 84 against eventual Premier's Geelong was his top AFL fantasy and dream team score of the year. While in Supercoach, did manage to crack you the ton. A 102 against the Bombers. Both of those scores, though, are nothing near what he can be. His top score in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team came back in 2017. It's a monster, 152 against Crosstown rivals, the Fremantle Dockles. While it's a 150 against the Gold Coast Suns in Supercoach, 2018 is when he delivered you that score. In fact, he scored it twice that season. 57.4 is what he's averaged at in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, and he's given us a little bit of a discount. Both formats treated it a little bit differently, but he'll set you back just over 620,000 in AFL Fantasy and 469,000 in Dream Team. While Supercoach, an average of 68 means he's going to set you back at 337,000. If you're like, oh, wondering what does that mean? It's about 135,000 more than what the number one cash cow price this year is in, well, Aaron Cadman. So why is he relevant? Louis, it feels pretty obvious to us, doesn't it? Whether he's playing as that powerfully built elite defensive minded stopper in the midfield that can win the own ball or using his elite athleticism and intercepting overhead marks. While we haven't seen it for a few years, gee whiz, this player has got some fantasy chops. Absolutely. And some of those reasons you listed right there, there's a massive discrepancy between some of that scoring, you know, three, four, five years ago uh, and what we've seen recently and what he's coming in at as a price. But that's what makes him so relevant. So, I mean, he's played 27 games of footy um, since 2020, which isn't much. I mean, no. you go, you go, obviously, you go back in time and he was playing 21, 22, 21. So, unfortunately, Elliot Yo's body has let him down a bit. And because of that, we've seen some pretty average scoring overall yeah. um, since 2020. But within that, we have also seen... Uh, what Elliot Yo is capable of, which is why we're still here talking about his relevance in the 2023 fantasy season, despite him not really having been relevant for the last three years. 
Yeah, like even just last year alone, you talk about his body letting him down. Concussion, COVID, and hamstring injuries. Years prior, it was serious groin and osteitis pubis and calf issues. In fact, if you go into Google right now and type in these three words, Elliot Yo injuries, you will find 429,000 search results. Like it's just that unfortunate how many injuries he's had. But to the point that Louis has made, a 102 and an 88 in Supercoach just last year alone, and an 80 and an 84 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, even though he only played out three matches in full last year, in just two of them, we're seeing a guy, based on what our financial outlay is at his price point, deliver significant returns. Let's look back quickly at that 2017 and 2029 and 2019 kind of three-year gap. In that three-year gap, Louis already talked about it. He misses just two games. And his averages are this, 98.3, 106.7, and 102.7 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. In Supercoach, 102.1, 107.8, and 107.6. And he scores in every column imaginable. Marks, kicks, tackles, goals, everything he does so, so well. And all we can hope for, Louis, at this point in time of the season, as we look at a player with his scoring potential and his injury history, is look at what is the conversation coming out of preseason around his health and getting back to full strength and fitness in his body. And at least at time of recording, it's all not just good news, but fantastic news for Elliot Yo and potential owners. It is. By all reports, uh, he's absolutely flying. And uh, a big context out of this is the team that he actually plays for. So West Coast Eagles, when we were talking 2017, 18, 19, were quite a comparable side. I mean, they Mm. won the premiership, for God's sake. But the last two years, two seasons and a bit, um, they've been pretty average. And uh, certainly the last 12 months, they've dropped off a cliff. A lot of their old heads are no longer performing the way they do. They're probably... Uh, lacked a bit of foresight and not getting some of the younger guys through. I think they're going to really fast track that this year. And Elliot Yeo coming in as a 29-year-old fit, uh, has played midfield, has played halfback, has the experience overall. Mm. I think he's going to be a player that uh, Adam Simpson and the Eagles really lean on to uh, almost lead the Eagles uh, in the 2023 season, put him on his back and, and say, come with me, boys. This is granted he can stay fit. And uh, well, yeah. look, we, we know it. that he can still score, MJ. I mean, we That's go back to um, the season just gone where he played five games. Look, let's remove two of them where he was subbed. I know sure. we, we can't always do that, but I'll do it here. Sure. He, still, he averaged 74, which pretty much you know, comes in what he's priced at. So, yeah. And he was underdone when that happened. You go back further to 2021, he misses the first four games. He starts a bit slower. Then in his final eight games, he tons up three times yeah. and then five times over 80. So yeah. he's still got that capacity to score. And you got to remember, this is when he is underdone. When he's coming in in round 10, he doesn't have that fitness base. By all reports, he is flying this preseason. And if he can get to round one, I think he's a guy that we have to give just massive consideration to just because of the ceiling he's got, uh, the scoring he's got. And you said it before, the the way he actually scores as well, because it doesn't matter if he plays midfield or halfback or a mix of both because he tackles, he marks, he's got a high kick to handball ratio and he can Mm. step forward for a goal, which is all the things we love in a fantasy relevant player. 
Yeah, it's really true. Anytime a guy's got an injury history, um, and certainly, unfortunately for Yo, he's got a really good one. I'm always big on the mantra of the injury trade out mid-season shouldn't be a surprise. So if you're jumping into Elliot Yo, it should be with the, I'm starting with him and not trading into him. Um, now, if you're not picking him in your starting squad, not because of the injury narrative, that's fine, but I'm a big believer with it comes to guys with injury history. You start, you run the gauntlet, you pick up the fantasy scores and you make the trade as the year comes. And then if the injury happens, you're like, well, the stars were aligning that that was coming. Fair enough. I'll make the trade. I'll bank the points and away you go. It's a little bit mitigated the risk when you start a go like Yo though, because you're not paying for him at what he's been. You're hoping he can get there. You're paying for him at a much lower price point. So he doesn't have to be someone you're holding till round 24. It can be you're going to run him to the Eagles by at round 14. It could be you're just going to get through that first six to eight weeks and he becomes your ticket to a potentially maxed out price Sam Doherty or you see what happens with Jack Sinclair at the Saints and he becomes your ticket through those things. So whether or not, Louis, he becomes someone that you go, I want him for the year, which he could become that for us. Let's be honest. That's within the realms of variability. He's got so much going for him that if he's fit, I don't care where he plays on the field, he scores. I find it really hard to build a reason not to get him outside of, I don't want to trade out an injury history guy. Yeah, I think all the points you've just made are spot on, MJ. I, I can't see anybody trading into Elliot Yo because to be brutally honest, he's he's not going to be a top six defender, not unless he can absolutely recapture his best form, in my opinion sure. anyway. Uh, he might go close to top 10 and that's fine, but yeah. he, he is a player that uh, you can use as a stepping stone. So if four to six weeks, you can see the writing on the wall. He's actually at a price where, yes, it might be awkward to start, mm. but after the game's already started, you're into trade mode. He's at yeah. a really nice price where you can actually jump in either direction. So you that's can true. maybe fix up a cash cow and, and chuck 100, 150K on Elliot Yo's head nice and early on in the season you're still going to be able to get up to someone who's a keeper or something comparable or a better option than Elliot Yo if it were to be a bust after six weeks. So that's why I think at that price, he makes it quite um, tempting because if he was 350K, let's say like a Connor McKenna, 400K, all of a sudden the gap between getting up and going down is it's, it's a lot larger. Yeah, and that's where for Supercoach, people are looking at him where in that format, he is 337,000. They're going, oh, I can get down to Wilmots and Chesses. And these are guys that are probably in their starting squads anyway. Uh, I could jump across to a Salem for a, a $50,000 more. But I think what we've seen with these two formats of Supercoach and Dream Team with the expansion of trades and uh, Selby at Marrera's Magic was a, a great, highlighter of that last year with his incredible season in Supercoach of his first year with the top 10 finish was there are now some parallels where the aggressive trading of picking guys with value and multiples of them and moving them on a lot faster than you might have traditionally in limited trade formats. There's some more AFL fantasy tactics and trade strategies that to come. And that's where someone like Yo is huge because 
Oh, he's injured after the two weeks. That's okay. It's a correctional trade. Oh, I've banked the couple of hundreds that he's given me. I'm fine. So I'm with you. I think the only, and I'm keen on your take on this, the, the concern that I think could be the reason people avoid outside of not liking players in that range, which is, again, another valid way to build your team is there are other guys that have the same level of poor injury history relative, which again, history is an indicator. It's not a guarantee of the future. But you jump on guys, depending on the teams you're in uh, and the formats you're in, like Hall, Fife. Um, you you jump on multiples of these guys and then it becomes about, well, how many of these injury risk guys can you hold in your side? Yes, you can get lucky and have no problems. Equally, you could be loading the dice and really scare you off. Do you see, and again, each format's different. Is there a threshold for you? Let's focus on AFL fantasy. Is there a threshold for how many of these guys you can have or it doesn't really matter to you? Look, it doesn't really matter to me, MJ, but that being said, there is a line that you have to balance. So, look, you wouldn't start, look, just for the example's sake, you wouldn't start eight midfielders who are, have hardly gotten on the park and a very uh, short chance to actually play the full season and have two that actually will. You just wouldn't do that because yeah. you're just immediately putting the numbers out of your own favour. So... I think you can start multiple people that are injury prone. In fact, as we say, that's probably the time to actually have them in your side. Um, but you don't want to get too carried away from it because we are still limited to two trades every single week. Things can quickly get away from you. A rookie could get dropped. A player you weren't planning on getting injured who's played yeah. 66 of the last bloody 68 games <laughs> suddenly gets injured and you're having no, to trade right. him. You're going to... It's, it's so easy to fall one, two, three weeks behind and you'd hate to almost hamstring yourself from the get-go with that. So without giving you a definitive answer. No, no, I, I think you've highlighted. Started, no, you've highlighted. That line. No, it's good. I, I'm with you. I think you always go move in the variables you know and um, the, there is always unknown things that pop in a fantasy football season. Remember just three years ago, Elliot Yo looked like one of the most dependable, regular 100-plus durable premiums. Three years later, barely played 12 games in a season. Brett Deledio, for those of you that have played fantasy footy for a long time, durable, safe as houses. And then there's a couple of years where he just couldn't get on the park. Then there's other years where players can't get on the park, like a Brad Crouch, and they're injury-prone and injury-prone. And then all of a sudden, been a handful of years no concerns. You're injury prone until you're not, and you're durable until you're not. What we do know about Yo is he is value at his price point compared to what he can do. He's in a line that we are desperate for beefing up so that we're not too many cows deep and too many premiums deep that we can't do what we want with our other structures. So for me, as long as he has an injury-free preseason, I'm heading towards an Elliot Yo train. Now, if there's a hiccup in the preseason, I'm off. Simple as that. There's one hiccup. There's one setback. There's one nick. There's one delay. I'm done. It needs to be a faultless preseason from here on in, which it's been so far. And if that maintains, I am all aboard Elliot Yo.
Let's talk about what he goes on draft day, Louis. Now that he's a defender, he's definitely going to get picked earlier than where he would have been as a midfielder. Where are you thinking he will go on draft day? Yeah, he probably is going to go a little bit higher than what he might deserve, uh, Mm. just being that name factor. But at the same time, you could easily build a case that he's going to slide if he actually does live up to the potential we've spoken about um, on this podcast. I think a good range for him is probably that late end D2. Yeah. I think that's where he's going to land just because of the lack of depth of defenders. They drop off very quickly and that name factor will come into play. Um, The perfect spot for him, I think, would be D3 if you can get him there, but depends on the size of your league and and who your uh, teammates are, of course. Yeah, and whether they draft off their own rankings, previous seasonal average, all that. I I think you're right. I think you've you've got D2 upside. You'll probably be able to jag him at a D three. I think if I think you're hoping he slides to your fourth defender, um, especially if it's a ten team league, if it's only six or eight coaches, then you'll be safely getting him there. But if you're fielding fifty defenders, don't think he's going to get to you at D four. Chances are you're running the gauntlet a bit too much there, especially if he stays fit through this preseason. Hey, Louie, it's been great to have you back on these podcasts, and we can't wait to hear more from you in the fifty most relevant. Thanks for having me, mate. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be good. If you want to go and read the article on Elliot or any of the other 20 other players we've revealed so far, you can go and check it online now at coachespanel.tv. In a minute, I'm going to give you a quick heads up about who might be coming in and who definitely is coming in at number 29. If you're loving the podcast, leave a five-star rating and review. Uh, Share one of the articles or the podcasts in your fantasy footy circles and community so that others can enjoy the goodness that you're experiencing with 50 podcasts and 50 articles over the first 50 days of your 2023. And of course, for just a few dollars a month, you can become a Patreon supporter. We'll kick some exclusive content to you in season and through the preseason exclusive groups early access to these podcasts and depending on your tier even regular podcasts during the season and some keeper league content as well yeah we got you covered my friend so who's at number 29 he's a name that i reckon if i said to you he's one of the most dependable top 10 midfielders in super coach and he's been at least over the past few seasons had multiple years at the top of the tree, not just in our relevance, but as a top 10 mid. In some people's eyes, he's nosediving. In some people's eyes, there's a big thing that's changed in the offseason that might just clip him getting back to those captaincy candidate potentials. While others, when they see the name landing tomorrow, think, what the heck are you doing? placing this fantasy premium gun that is a captain, at least in one of the formats, every single week solo. Who is he? I'll tell you tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant. Give it all, now give it truth. Give it up, give it-